0: As you're turning there, I just want to say a great big thank you to everybody that was here this weekend and those that helped and those that uh, spoke. Bradley and Nicole did phenomenal. Amen. (laughs) Trish didn't do too bad either. She did great. I caught it before she walked out the door. Praise God. I want to just remind you, coming up at the 1st of September, it's Thursday nights, we're going to be opening up and teaching on eschatology, which is the study of the end times, and I don't know how long that'll take me. Uh, John took me three years, so I'm not sure how long the end times are going to take me. Never even finished John in three years. But I believe the timing is right. I believe the Lord has given me direction on how to present the material so that it's understandable and not scary. (laughs) And we're looking forward to the October 9th. Just mark your calendars that Pastor Suber is going to be with us. We'll have Sunday morning service and Sunday evening service that day with Pastor Suber. And I can't wait for that. Hebrews chapter 11, after this weekend, I wondered, God, what do you want me to preach about? What do you want me to share with the people? And uh, I honestly didn't know. When I got here on, got here about 7 o'clock this morning, and I opened up, and I read a proverb every day. So there's 31 proverbs, chapters of proverbs. I each one, read each one one day, in the month that has 30, I double up. Well, finished chapter 24 of the book of Proverbs and a scripture jumped out at me in chapter 25. And at first I said, well God, it's not the 25th yet. But this morning he started leading me down a path and I want to share it with you today. Hebrews chapter 11, it's a familiar passage of scripture for many. Verse number 6, but without faith, everybody say without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Stop trying to please him without faith. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. One more scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And there's going to be one more scripture we're going to share that Proverbs in 25 in in a few minutes. But I have shared with you all in time past that God, over the last several years, has been messing with me. He has turned me inside out, and he has adjusted the way that I perceive things and see things in Scripture. You have to understand a little bit about my background to understand that I grew up in a church that preached the soon return of Jesus. I believe that Jesus is still coming soon. Okay, I'm glad you believe it. I said, I believe that Jesus is still coming soon. That's better. I believe that Jesus is getting ready To have the trumpet blown, and the trumpet get ready to sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with Him. I believe it's coming soon, and if it's another five hundred years till He comes, it's still soon. Every day we get closer. And the church was directed by the Lord to believe that he could come at any moment. So we live like that. He could come before I'm done preaching. We might hear the sound of the trumpet. We may hear the call of the angels. Come on up and join us. Hey, listen, it would be a great thing It's not something to fear. It's not something to be dreadful for. It's something to be excited about. If you have come into a relationship with Jesus, the trumpet's sounding. It will be the greatest sound in all the world. See, I was raised in a church. That's what was preached. We were told that all the time. But what ended up happening is we were taught not so much about uniting with Jesus as about getting to heaven. What must I do to inherit eternal life became the question, what do I need to do to get to heaven? What do I need? And the point of it, for instance, when I was in my teenage years, we were worried about the nuclear bombs from Russia. And those of you that were raised around the same time, you might have remembered some of those bomb drills where they would would sound the alarm in the school and we'd get on our hands and knees under our desk like the desks were going to do anything to a nuclear bomb. And yet they were our teachers. I remember it so clearly. I never dreamed that Jesus would wait till the year 2000 to come back. Because at 2000, I would turn 30 and I never dreamed I'd turn 30. Well, we done past that. And I remember having conversations with my friends. And we would, I say conversation, we would debate with one another about the thus and the thous and what we should do and what we shouldn't do and how we should live and how we shouldn't live under the umbrella of how do I know that I can get to heaven and heaven became an escape hatch from the destruction and the wrath of God, when in all actuality, our salvation has nothing really to do for heaven. It has everything to do with Jesus. I've come to tell somebody today, if you're trying to figure out how to get to heaven, you are in, uh, in the wrong journey. You are after the wrong goal. Don't worry about heaven. Just find Jesus. The Bible says this that we read today. For by grace are you saved through faith. How many have ever heard that you're just saved by grace? Grace saves you. Grace saves you. It's God's unmerited favor to you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you're saved by grace through faith. Grace is the fountain. Faith is the channel. There's been grace available Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The fountain of grace has always been available, but your faith digs out the channel that accesses that grace that God gives. Don't misunderstand what I'm not saying, that your works can save you. I'm not saying that if you pray just enough, fast just enough, read just enough, love just enough, worship just enough, none of those things will get you to heaven. Your faith will connect you to grace. But your faith is an action. It's not a thought process. Now, I know we spent the whole weekend talking about it all originates in the thought, and it does, but faith is the playing out of what you're thinking about. And so then the Bible says in Hebrews that without faith, it's impossible because one aspect of your faith has to believe that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Stop seeking heaven. Start seeking him, and you'll find your life is totally different. Please don't get me wrong. I can't wait to get to heaven Oh, my Lord, it's going to be incredible. It's beyond imagination. The writer that sang, wrote the song, I, can only, I have no clue. We can only imagine what it is. And our imagination is so frail and feeble to what it actually is going to be. But if all I'm doing is trying to get to heaven, I am doing nothing better than those that built the Tower of Babel in the 11th chapter of Genesis. If all I'm trying to do is to reach heaven, I am in a wrong endeavor because God said this. He said, whatever they've imagined themselves to do, they're going to do it. They were trying to build a tower that reaches heaven. I've got to go and confound their languages. Why? Because it's not about heaven. It's about him. Can I just tell you, when you are so concerned about heaven, I know this is probably something you've probably never heard about in the church. You might have heard a little bit about it from me before, but I, I'm so, I am so tired. I am fatigued looking at the Facebook pages and the YouTube channel and all of the things that are out there. You've seen it all, if you've watched anything. And these religious people, come on. Jesus is coming soon. You better make sure you're right with God. You better make sure that you're in good standing. You better make sure you've crossed every T and dotted every I. Can I just tell you, my friend, that is based on fear of missing out on heaven. And if you're fear of missing out on heaven, my friend, you're already missing the whole point of everything. The missing out isn't heaven, the missing out is Jesus. Oh, he's a rewarder that diligently seek him. Seek him. It doesn't say that faith seeks heaven. It doesn't say that faith seeks streets of gold and sea of crystal and gates of pearl and walls of jasper. Oh, that sounds really good when we've got sheetrock that needs to be repaired and we've got sheetrock that needs to be painted and carpet that needs to go down. It sounds really good that we'll have we'll walk on, on streets of gold when I drive down Coon Rapids Boulevard to my house and I feel like I'm driving over a war zone and, and, and it's gonna be nice. But if all I get is heaven, it's not going to be enough. Because if I get to heaven and find out that Jesus isn't there, oh, it'll be nice for a moment, but it's going to be miserable for eternity because my destiny is not heaven. My destiny is Jesus. Michael English sings a song, my wife sings it, and you a lot of you may have even heard her sing it before. But it's a story about when he gets to heaven. He talks to Timothy and Abraham. He talks to all the people that have gone on, but he, he stops the song in the middle and he says, but I just want to see Jesus. It's all about Jesus, all of history is his story. It's all about Jesus. Let me keep saying it until somebody that hasn't in prayer, It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not how much you pray. It's not how much you fast. It's not how much you tithe. It's not how much you attend worship time. It's not how much you come to church. All those things are important. All those things are needed. But when the rubber meets the road, it's do you know Jesus? Do you know him in the power of his resurrection? Do you know him in the fellowship of his sufferings? Do you know how he works, how he operates? Do you know how he perceives you? Do you know how he responds to you? Do you know his actions? Do you know the insides and the outsides of who he is? Do you understand who Jesus is? For the Bible says that Jesus said that this is life eternal, that they might know thee, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Oh, I can't wait for heaven. But here's the thing. If salvation to you is about getting to heaven, you're missing out on such an opportunity now. Yes, I have not seen him face to face yet, but I have experienced him. I don't need to get to heaven to experience Jesus. I've already experienced him this morning. Oh, Let me take you to Proverbs. Let me try it from just a little bit different angle. I know some of you are getting this and some of you are getting this in your head, but I am praying today that this revelation will get into your heart and echo and reverberate so that everything that your life does, every place you go, every activity you involve in becomes about Jesus. Can I I just tell you something? I I shared this with somebody. I can't remember who it was in the last couple of days. October, well, it was actually September 1988. 1988. Think of that long time ago. How many were even not born yet? See, there's. Paul was quick to raise his hand. September of 1988. I'm sitting at a cubicle in this big open room, and I turn just in time to see this five foot three and three quarters. woman walked through the doors of the study center. Now remember this is 1988 so she had glasses on that were about that big and she had a poof on her head that stood out about that far and I was in love but if my goal was to get I think it was 19901 I can't remember the rest of the address our first apartment I know the address was 19901 but I can't remember what the street was I can take you to it if I don't get lost in the trees because the trees were all tiny back then they're huge now but if my goal was to get to the apartment, I would have missed out on five years of chasing her. No, 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 don't get. I chased her. I knew what I wanted. I just had to convince her. I chased after her. I messed up sometimes in doing it, but I chased after her. I had people coming up. I had, I had preachers coming up. Well, what about Trisha Smalley? I said, well, what about her? If she'd get her act together, then I'd do something about it. Pastor's wife, Sister Trout, I told you about her last week. I, I, I sat down with her one day, and she said, well, what about Trisha? I said, well, you tell me. She's your saint. I've been trying. Tammy Trout, music director. What about Trisha? I don't know. You'll have to ask her. I'm I'm not being facetious. I'm not to the point that when we finally did get together the last time, nobody said anything because they didn't want to jinx it. And then Trisha has the audacity to ask me, well, I wonder what people think about this. There's a reason why I said this. Because God does the same thing. <laughs> oh, if we will diligently chase after him, if we will diligently seek him, here's the difference. He's wanting you to find him. See, see I, I believe this, and I don't, want to, I don't want to mess people up, but I believe that God has some childlike mindsets. He did say suffer the little children for such is the kingdom of heaven so there's got to be some kind. How many ever played the game hide and seek? I I played hide and seek we played hide and seek all the time The, the best place to hide my brother found out was in a dryer until he realized that big brother knew how to turn it on It was only like a second. Hide and seek. What's the point? You close your your eyes and you count to 10 or 50 or whatever you decide, and everybody else scatters to hide, and the point is trying to find the person. And we, you go and you search and you seek and you look for and you gather and you and, and and you until you found everybody. And then it was the next person's turn. Can I just tell you that I believe that 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 game is a God sent game because I believe God likes to play hide and seek. Then along came, that was when I was a kid, but as I got older and as my sister began to have kids, because my sister had four kids, they're all older than the rest of of mine and my brother's kids. They're the four oldest grandkids, and so we lived vicariously through those four for a while. And we would play hide and seek with them. And when an adult and a child plays in hide and seek, it's a little bit different. Because when I would have Haley or Aiden or, then, or Charlie or Ben, as they would begin to count, I would go and hide. But I never tried to hide where they couldn't find me. So I would try to hide behind the curtain where my feet still showed. Right? Or if they couldn't find me after a couple of minutes, I'd have to give a clue. And so I'd make a noise. Until they found me. And when they were young enough, when they found me, they would get all excited. Because part of the game of hide and seek was the anticipation of finding. Was the, the excitement that if I just look hard enough, I could have hid from those four kids, and they could have never found me. Listen, God can hide from you, but he never, and we could never find him. He has that ability, but when he hides from us, he stands behind the curtain and sticks his feet out. He leaves the door open just enough so we can see through the crack to where he is behind the door. Uh, He he doesn't just, uh, why does he do it? Is he playing games with us? No, he understands the human tendency of the anticipation of finding that which we look for, that which we seek, uh, that which we realize. Listen, when I finally got her to agree, our wedding day is September 12th, 1992 was one of the greatest days of my life because I had finally caught the prize that I was seeking. Hey, listen, on June 16th, 1992, 1980, I caught the prize that I was looking for because God stepped into my life, filled me with his spirit, totally rearranged my day. And over and over and over, God has played hide and seek with me. I'll tell you why. Because as joyous as the fulfillment of the anticipation of finding what I was seeking. When those kids, when those four, now today, they're all bigger than I am. Well, the guys are. I could hide behind Ben. He towers over us. But when they were just kids, man, when they would find me, I found you! And they would get all excited But you want to know what I realized? Is I was as excited for them to find me as they were excited to find me. And so I think God plays the game hide and seek with us for a little bit. And he says, okay, count to 100 and let me see where where I go. And he leaves just enough clues to find him because when we get into a pursuit of him, the anticipation of finding that new thing in him becomes palpable so that when we see the toes sticking out of the curtain, we get excited. I know where you're hiding. (laughs) I know where you're at, Jesus. I pull back the curtain. I see him brand new. I get excited about who he is. And he's standing there with a smile across his face. I'm so glad you found me. I'm right here with you. I know that sounds good, but is it scriptural? It sure is. Proverbs chapter 25. (laughs) It is, verse number two, the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. He hides it. So the king searches it out. Well, pastor, I'm not a king. Yes, you are. Revelation 1.6, he has made us to be kings and priests unto him. You are a king, and it is your honor to seek him out. It is his glory to conceal, but it is our honor to search it out. (laughs) Seek, and you shall find me. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Listen, he's hiding from time to time so that he can see him brand new. (laughs) Ah, get this right now. That sickness that you're dealing with, he's hiding behind it. So when you see him just enough and you peel the sickness back, you see Jehovah Jireh. Ah, that financial difficulty is just God hiding behind it, waiting for you to seek him out so that when the covers get peeled back, you see him as your provider, as your banner, as your peace. That turmoil that you're in, that storm that you're in, that's just God hiding behind it so that you would seek him and seek him and seek him until he peels it back Oh, that's it, God. I found you. My finances are fine. Uh, you see, here's the thing. There's two things. And, and listen, he gives us just enough clues. Some of you came to this service today in utter turmoil. In, uh, you're, you're just battling in yourself. You're fighting circumstances and situations. Oh, And God gave you just a little bit of the touch of his presence as the praise team began to worship. And you could feel a little bit, just a tiny bit of what God has to offer. But if you will continue to seek him, peels all the way back. I see you, Jesus. Zacchaeus was... A wee little man, a wee little man was he, but he wanted to see Jesus. So he climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And when the Lord passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come on down, for I'm going to your house today. Listen. He couldn't see Jesus through the crowds. Ah, uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, but a crook was he. He couldn't see Jesus through his shortcomings. He got crowded out by all the things that were bigger than he was. All the people, all the situations... But he had a determination. And so he sought Jesus by getting high enough into a tree because if he could just get a glimpse of Jesus. The Bible says that he wanted to see Jesus because he had heard about him. Breadcrumb. He heard the stories. Breadcrumb, breadcrumb. Okay, he's coming to my town. He's coming by me. I'm going to find him. He's been hiding, but he's been revealing where he's hiding. And if I can get to the tree, I'll be able to see him. And I just got to believe Zacchaeus is sitting there in the tree, anticipating. I see the crowd. Here he comes. I'm going to see him. I'm going to find him. And Zacchaeus is there thinking that Jesus was going to walk right on by. I'm just going to see him as he walks by. Uh Uh-uh. Here's Jesus with the crowd walking down the path. And he gets to the tree and he stops. And he looks up. And he said, Zacchaeus, I'm pulling it back now. You're going to see me. And not only are you going to see me, the whole purpose I'm passing by this tree right now is we got dinner engagement. It's time for supper, Zacchaeus, and I'm going to go and eat with you. You have Found me, and I, I, can you imagine what Zacchaeus was thinking when Jesus said that? Jesus was excited. it stopped Jesus in his tracks. Listen to my friend. When you begin to seek him diligently, it stops him in his tracks. Somebody's looking for me. Somebody's seeking for me. Somebody's trying to find me. I, I can't keep going. I can't keep moving. I can't keep going this direction. Travis is looking for me. I know I've been hiding a little bit, and he's been dealing with some things, but it's time for me to give him another clue so that when he pulls me back, he sees me for who he is, for who I am. We like talking about Jesus, but do we know Jesus? I close with this. I started with this message talking about salvation. And I'm going to finish with it. Salvation is not getting to heaven. Salvation is getting to Jesus. And we have so missed that point in the generations of believers. When we don't listen to what the Bible says and what Jesus says we miss out on who Jesus is Jesus said this in John chapter 14 let not your heart be troubled believe in God believe also in me For I go to prepare a place for you. And unfortunately, that's usually where we stop. We get excited about the place that he's preparing. We're excited about the streets and the rivers and the walls and the gates that place, that mansion that he's getting ready to create for us. And I don't know about you. We built this thing in about eight months. He's been working for over 2,000 years. I can't imagine what the place is going to be like. But that's not the point of the statement. He didn't stop there. He said that where I am You may be also. It's not about the place. It's about the person. It's not about the destination. It's about the destiny. It's not about the things that we have coming. It's about who is standing in our presence right now. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. It's all about Jesus. He said it. He said it. But even more than that. I want somebody to walk away from here today and have a conversation with somebody and they ask you, well, what does it mean to be saved? Or how do I get to heaven? I want you to say, Jesus, I've got to tell you something. There is something stirring in my spirit. I am hungry and thirsty for Jesus. Where Jesus is, there's more miracles. Where Jesus is, there's more truth. Where Jesus is, there's more grace. Where Jesus is, there's more mercy. This needs to be a church of grace, but it also needs to have Jesus because Jesus is the author of the grace. Jesus is not only the author of the grace, but we said, for by grace are you saved through faith. He's the author of your faith too. It's all about Jesus. How do I know? The angel visits Joseph and Mary and says, listen, God's getting ready to do something. Mary, you're just a young lady, but you're going to have a baby. Excuse me? How's it going to be since I've never known any man? The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you, and you're going to bring forth a son. And Mary, it's not enough that you're going to bring forth a son. You're going to name him Jesus. Joseph, it's okay to take Mary. She's my chosen vessel, and I'm asking you, Joseph, to get ready. To be an adoptive parent to my flesh, and when I am born in just a little while, you're going to name me Jesus. Ah, uh, That doesn't sound like much to me, but until as Matthew and Luke described, the name Jesus <laughs> means something. It's not just another name that was chosen. But the name Jesus literally means, Jehovah is salvation. Oh, ah, something's got to happen to you when you catch this. It's not about anything else but Jesus, the God of the Old Testament. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and he was named Jesus God becomes our salvation. You're not trying to get anywhere else. You're not trying to do anything. It's all about Jesus. Get to Jesus. Find Jesus. Seek Jesus and you will please him. And you will be pleased. Pastor, what what does it mean to seek him? Look for him. Open up those things called eyes. Ears called or hearing by your ears, for faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. What do you mean, Pastor? Here's it's what we talked about this weekend to some extent. Here's what it means to seek after Jesus. The boss is being a jerk. Okay, where are you hiding, Jesus? I'm gonna find you in this. Got a bad call from the doctor. All right, Jesus, where are you hiding in this situation? Let me figure out where you're at. Let me seek you. Oh, my spouse is getting on my nerves. Okay, where, where are you hiding, Jesus? Where are you hiding? I'm going to find you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to look for you. My kids are being jerks. But but okay, where, where are you hiding, Jesus? Do you understand what I'm saying in every situation? Oh, God, I got a great report today. Now I see where you're at. I see where you're hidden. I see where you're, you see, he's in every, the Bible says it this way. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end. That means he's right there with you in all of it. You just have to to seek him. That means he's right there in your grief. That means he's right there in your frustration. That means he's right there in your hatred, in your wrath, in your happiness, in your joy. Jesus is always right there just hiding for you to find him. Can I tell you when the negative in life is happening and you take the mentality, where you at Jesus? I'm going to seek you out. Can I tell you how much easier it is to go through it? and how more peaceful it is? Some of you are guests here today. You don't even maybe even know Jesus. That's okay. Let me introduce you to him. God spoke everything into existence. He created the heavens and the earth, man and women and animals and grass and oceans and mountains. And he saw that man had messed things up, thanks to Adam and Eve and all of those that came And so John 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and in verse 14 it says, and the Word, God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And if you read in the book of Hebrews, it says that he became a man so that he could experience everything we experience, the jealousy he experienced, the envy he experienced, the hatred, the rejection, the the abandonment, all of those things he experienced. And it says he did so, so that when he paid the ultimate price, he would be able to release us from all that stuff. Some people have called him a crutch. I've got plenty of limping in life. So if he's my crutch, he's my crutch. People say that in ridicule. I say, thank God I found you in my crutch. Jesus wants to be Your friend. You see, this whole thing called time was because there was a God that wanted to have a relationship with men. Can I just say, we're coming up on 30 for us. That means I'm really still young. 30 years in September. But can I tell you something about your pastor's wife? She has lived in the worst of circumstances and in the best of circumstances. And through the whole thing, She's always seeking Jesus. Is she perfect? No. And if she had the mic, she'd say the same about me. But I got the mic now. Some of you ladies would absolutely freak out if you knew how we lived for a couple of years. We didn't really have any money, we moved to Kansas City. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back or her on the back. I I just want to let you know that it can be done. We're a living example that it can be done. We moved to Kansas City. It's the only time I ever saw her fight with her father because we moved into a dump. We were in a very nice three bedroom townhome, and it was great until they raised the price by about 800 bucks, And we said, mm, that ain't working. So we went looking, and we found this house, $400 a month. Two bedrooms, that's all we needed at the time. Actually, it might have been three bedrooms. A huge living... And we walked in and here's what we realized. It was a former church. run down but former church. A dump, but a church. Our living room windows were old stained glass windows. Yeah, cool, but they didn't open. They didn't fix the floor they just put one by ones and threw sheet or put plywood down so you could hear the mice running through. My mother-in-law comes over and we're cleaning out the kitchen area and she feels a draft by her feet. And she goes to put the the, the dish soap and stuff underneath the sink, like most normal people would do, until she opened the door and realized that was outside. We walked into the master bedroom. It was an old Sunday school room. And if you were around in the 1970s, you'll remember the old dark brown cork That was the master suite wall. It was gorgeous. One day we come running home from church. We open the door and this is all we hear. Oh my God. We walk in, and the water lines by the laundry room were just water shooting everywhere. It was no big deal because the house was at such a slant and there was a gap below the sliding door that the water just went right out. Nothing even got wet. Thank God for hockey sticks. Because our bathtub, the handle, and this is before I knew anything to fix anything, it, it popped off so the water would never shut off until I pried my hockey stick in the shower to make the water stop. But we were seeking Jesus. That dump became a place where young people gathered and found Jesus. We'd have meetings in our... It's in the sanctuary, really. It was our living room. And we'd have 15, 20, 30, 40 teenagers over. We had a two two acre lot it was huge it took forever to mow and it was a pain in the neck but but my lord we had youth meetings there and they would come it wasn't in the greatest part of town I've driven my boys by and said mom lived there oh yes she did for two years we drove by there a few years ago it's still the same paint job that I painted it but the moment that I moved there Our church had a small group ministry, so we met in homes during the week. And there wasn't a home in that area until we moved there. And to watch these families come into the dump and sit around on the furniture and begin to share the word of the Lord. I can't tell you how many times Jesus showed up. And if we wouldn't have lived there... We wouldn't have had an opportunity to start another small group across the state line in Overland Park, Kansas, because we were real close to Overland Park, and so we drove over there, and we started a, a small group over there, and that began to grow. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. In the worst of circumstances, there was something innate in my wife and I that we sought Jesus. Jesus, where are you hiding now? I know we've got a corkboard wall for our master bedroom suite I know the water doesn't work the floors aren't level there's rats underneath the floors but my god I know you're here somewhere I want to feel you I want to sense you I want to see you God I'm bringing young people in I'm bringing adults in and I need you to meet with them there are preachers that have come out of that house all around the country there are preachers and teachers there's real estate agents There's doctors and nurses that all found Jesus in the dump. I'm just telling you, my father-in-law was so mad at us because I had his baby little girl in a dump. We were just trying. We didn't know what we were doing. But our entire marriage is founded on finding Jesus. I was seeking for Jesus before I was seeking her. She was seeking for Jesus before she was seeking me. Together we've been seeking Jesus, sometimes even to the detriment or the struggle of our marriage because we've done some things that doesn't make sense to most. And when we came to this church, it made absolutely zero sense. We moved in two weeks' notice in 2008 when the housing market burst, recession was kicking in, couldn't find a job anywhere. We moved into the basement of my parents' home, we, but we knew that Jesus, Jesus was here I need you, Jesus. I'm diligently seeking him. And because we were diligently seeking him, he has rewarded us. I have a beautiful home. We have a beautiful family. We have a magnificent church. We have a great group of believers. Ah, uh, Why? Because we seek Jesus. I invite you to stand. If your spouse is here, I need you to go stand by them right now. Just get very close. If you've got kids with you, gather them close in families. If you're not here and you don't have a quote unquote significant other, just come down here and stand with us. I may be still young, but I can be your mom and dad. She's the matriarch of our family. After my mom, it's her. We tease her all the time. We've got to get on this journey of seeking him. What I want us to do is to begin to pray for one another. Moms and dads, begin to pray for your children. Children, begin to pray for mom and dad. This can't be a singular activity. If you don't have somebody in the natural, I'm telling you, you have a family right here in the spirit. And as a family, we have got to move in seeking him. And as we do, he is going to reward us by letting us find him. Would you begin to pray? I need to pray for all of my kids right down here. Begin to pray. Everybody reach out. Reach to your family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, God. Ha? Huh? In the name of Jesus. Lord we seek you with all of our hearts right now that we might find you in Jesus name in Jesus name Lord we need to see where you're hiding the situation that we're in God help us to see you Lord in my battle for sobriety let me see you in my battle Lord to be a good employee let me see you in my battle to be a good boss let me see you Lord you are our our answer you are our hope in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we seek after you. We seek after you. We seek after you. We seek after you. In the name of Jesus, God, I release a desire in Owen like never before to seek you, to seek you in the midnight hour, to seek him at you in the noonday sun. I'm asking you, Lord, to plant the desire in his spirit to find you. Lord, I pray for Declan right now. These are my boys, God. And as a family, we seek after you right now. Lord, reward them for their seeking. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for this entire family right now. God, wash it and cleanse it. Bless it, oh God. Let them seek after you in the name of Jesus. Lord, for each family in this section right now, God, let the glory of the Lord reveal itself to them as they diligently seek you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the Bible says at the close of Revelation, it has this statement, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Listen, I don't know how John actually meant that, but I have prayed, Jesus, show up quickly. Don't delay. (laughs) Jesus, I need you right now. I'm looking for you, Jesus, in every situation. I'm looking for you in every opportunity. Let me see you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I seek after you, Lord. As the deer pants after the water brook, so panteth my soul after you. Lord, I am hungry. I am thirsty. I want to seek your kingdom above all things. I need to see you, Lord. I need to find you. I anticipate when I see you. Oh, God, I'm going to see you tomorrow morning. I'm going to see you Tuesday on the job site. I'm going to see you Wednesday at Chain Breakers. God, I'm going to see you on Thursday when I begin to, to mow the lawn. I'm going to see you on Friday when I go grocery shopping. I'm going see, to seek you and find you, God, in the middle of my family get-togethers. I'm going to seek you, God, in the middle of my meetings. I'm going to seek you, God. I'm going to be looking for you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We worship you, Jesus. Our hearts are grateful. Thank you for the beauty that you give. thank you for this family lord thank you god that you are continually and daily adding to this family lord we once again thank you for the faces that we have not yet seen that we've not even had the chance and the blessing to know yet lord i thank you for every soul that you've added lord